podium. Things in uh, somewhat of a chaotic state here. Hulk Hogan, I'm sure there's going to be a thorough investigation by the World Wrestling Federation into what happened here tonight. And I know you could not be any more disappointed. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? I had all bases covered. I had the Hulkamaniacs watching. Steve Yossi, I had Virgil in his place. Never in my wildest dreams, me, Gene, would I think that I would get ripped off by a penny pension two-time referee. How much money on the plastic surgery? How much money did he spend to pay the referee off when I turned around, me, Gene? They were identical. Identical. Right, right here, Holt. Here it Look is now. Shoulder, brother. Look at the shoulder. The referee is paid off, brother. Look at the $100 bill falling out of his pocket. I know you're disappointed. Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and Bedlam, and His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on hey, crack. Man. Sports, man. Come on, man. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? The sports desk. You listening to the sports show? Do you smell what the Rock is cooking? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. To the sports desk, all right? This is your man's one more time, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr., one half of your sportsologist, and I am not alone. I am not alone today. And this your man, Black. We are back in the building once again, one half of your sportsologist back in the building. D, let's get into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We have a loaded show. It is Super Bowl week. And uh, we're going to talk about the big game. We're going to talk predictions. We're going to talk who's going to win the MVP, so forth and so on. Talk a little bit uh, NBA and uh, have a great show today. Talk Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags made a move and don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. The State of the Union of the Jacksonville Jaguars episode will be coming soon. You'll hear your favorite guys on there. Rashad, our Jacksonville Jaguars correspondent, Freddie Briggs, and a plethora of other people I'm sure will love to uh, have their voices heard on that episode, but that will be coming soon. But Black, before we get started, we're going to talk a little basketball, okay? A little bit of basketball. James Harden. James Harden. It's time, Black, for a conversation to be had about James Harden. And I've been sitting, listening to all of the commentary, reading all of the articles, and I got to thinking about James James Harden's legacy. I got to think about his journey in the NBA. This is one of the most prolific scores we've ever seen. Maybe the best score we ever seen play basketball. Maybe he's done some incredible things, former MVP, and just electrifying. But this man is now on his third stop, for third stop in the NBA. And he is a part of a Nets organization that has Kevin Durant and right now a part-time Kyrie Irving. He was there last year. James has dealt with injuries and he's played with great players. And just James has found himself in a pocket where he's turned into that guy that we're going to have a conversation about. And what does that guy mean? He's played with Chris Paul. He's played with then an elite still Dwight Howard. He's played with then still an elite Russell Westbrook. He is now in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. And Kyrie Irving, injuries, I get it, what's happening in Brooklyn. But James Harden was on the floor for Game 7 last year 
of that Eastern Conference semifinal game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Was he not, Black? Yes, he was. And now here we are again. We heard that James Harden would love to get back with Daryl Morey and go to the Philadelphia 76ers to pair it with Joel Embiid at the end of last year. We heard this last year. And the noise is getting louder and louder and louder. And now we're three days away from the trade deadline. And now we have constant conversation from James Harden being traded to, from the Nets to the 76ers for Ben Simmons. So I said all that to say, is it just me? Am I the only one thinking this? Guys, what is James Harden doing? And what has he done to deserve the right to move where he want to move when he haven't capitalized on the opportunities he had with the great players that he has played with? James Harden went, went for a dud in the Western Conference Finals on multiple occasions with the Houston Rockets. Game, you're up three games or two against the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul gets you to the cusp. He hurts his hammy. James Harden, what are you doing game six and seven? You dud. You get swept in the Western Conference Finals before that. A dud. I don't understand why James Harden always wants to pick up his bags and he wants to go. Now, I get it. If Kyrie Irving was my teammate, I'd be frustrated too. But, buddy, you're playing with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. You're playing with Durant. You've seen what Durant gave you last year coming off an Achilles. The man is going through little nicks and necks just like you. James Harden's starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> because if the conversation was nothing, he would dead it. And now we're hearing Adam, Adam uh, uh, I mean, Wold say this. We're hearing ESPN say that. Kyle Cowher say this. Skip Bayless say that. Oh, his James Harden's looking for new management. Oh, James Harden has told the, the Nets front office that he intends to visit free agency when it's, it's coming. Oh, James Harden will welcome a trade to Philadelphia to reunite. Well, why, James? I, for one, am getting sick and tired of James Harden's antics. I'm tired of it. James Harden has one thing and one thing that he needs to focus on to do to save his legacy. And you want to know what that is? You guessed it. Win a championship. <laughs> James Harden, when healthy, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are the most formidable force of three superstar talents that we have ever seen on one team. We ain't never seen this. But now... James wants to run because KD's hurt again. Kyrie Irving is part-time, and now he's just not really understanding the direction of the Nets. Yes, you do. They traded for you. So when they traded for you, what you think the direction was? Championship. Black, what are your thoughts on James Harden now being back in the media, being discussed for another trade? Another one. He's played with great players. So where are you at with James Harden on this noise? Uh, in my opinion, D, he's a runner. Wow. He's a runner. Street if you runner. Sit, mm, if you sit and really think about it, you ran to Brooklyn to play behind because the pressure was too thick in Houston. The pressure, you just... You, the, uh, <laughs> Couldn't get it done. The, the pipe. What'd you say? What the is it? Pressure uh, bus pipes. Pressure bus pipes, D. Yeah, yeah. The pressure was too much for James Harden. Couldn't get it done. So what does James Harden do? Well, let me go sit behind two other guys who would take this pressure away from me. I can just sit back and play basketball and hopefully win a ring with these guys. Now, part-time Kyrie hurt Kevin Durant. The pressure's on again. Brooklyn has lost six or seven straight. The pressure's on again. James Harden, 
oh, I'm going to go into free agency, weigh my options, see what's going on in Philly. The pressure's on again, D. Man, I got rappers like Lil Baby, Meek Mill speaking up for me at, when they go sit courtside at these basketball games, <laughs> talking to the president, talking to the owner. The pressure's on again, D. Yep. When the pressure gets thick, James Harden always looks for a way out. And you know what Philly's going to be, D? Another way out. Then, when the pressure gets thick there, what is James going to Harden, James Harden going to do again, D? He's going to run. James Harden, in this whole situation, comes down to one thing. He's a runner. He's not, he's not big enough for the moments. He can't take the backlash like some basketball players can. He is not one of those guys. He is not a superstar. In my opinion, he don't got superstar makeup. He superstar don't have, okay. talent. He doesn't he have superstar that. makeup or talent. He got talent. He got talent, but not the but makeup. not the makeup. That is fact. He doesn't have superstar heart. He doesn't have none of those things. D. James Harden has become well. It didn't have. He's a diva. Been, been that. So now we're gonna go. Now we want to go to Philly where things look oh so good. Oh, Joel Embiid, man, he's coming. He's an MVP race. James Harden said, man, I can go to this guy and hopefully he can carry me to a championship. James Harden wants a championship and wants to win, but doesn't want to do, doesn't want to put in the work that it takes for a superstar to win one and everything that comes with it. So I'm over the whole James Harden things, man. I hope, man, I hope that Kyrie and Kevin Durant can come back and fix this thing from Brooklyn some type of way. But for me, and if I'm Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I'm like the hell with you, James Harden. The hell with you. All of a sudden, when things are getting bad, we're starting to hear all this rumbling. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like, the rumbling, like yeah, that's my thing, like bro, like you still, like you said, D, you still play for a team that's a juggernaut. Yeah, it's it's like soon as stuff gets crazy in the media, Durant's injuries and 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 Kyrie Irving, you know, we we know what he got going on. Now we starting to hear this noise. That's the thing for me and my thing, and I know you feel the same way, Black. If we was a part of an organization where we wanted to be. Soon as we start rumblings and we're asked about it in the media or wherever we were, nah, that's dead. That's nothing. Like all this shit. Kevin Durant do it all the time. Y'all just talking, bro. Ain't none of that going on over here with me. Why we ain't heard from James? All James Harden got to do is step in front of the camera and say, listen, all this chatter, all this that y'all got going on, speaking my name, talking about Trey, I ain't going nowhere. I'm a Brooklyn net. I'm riding out with, my, with this organization. This is the best place for me to win and continue my career. End of story. I don't want to hear nothing else. Basketball questions only next. Is that simple? Very simple. Because they can get out there and, you know, complain and say any other thing they want to say in front of a microphone, but we're not getting that. Not. Now the rumblings are starting to really, really, <laughs> really get going as we get three days close to the trade deadline. Now I'm going to tell you this. If the trade go down, you get a sports edition, a uh, special edition <laughs> that day. If the trade go down. But you want to know something, D? But we did get it in Houston. Oh, I won't go nowhere other than the Brooklyn Nets. I don't want to be traded nowhere else oh, yeah, other than the Brooklyn fact. Nets. 
You were able to get in front of a microphone and let them know where you wanted to go at when you were trying to get out of Houston. But now you've gone quiet. You've gone quiet. You don't want to speak. Because you know where you really want to be. You want to run to the next destination and hopes and hopes that that works out for you. Well, my God, I hope that don't pan out for you too. You're just going to be running all your NBA, rest of your NBA career. When the chips got hard, we just know James Harden, he was just gone. He was just a runner. He didn't show up. You're trying to go to Philly to run away from what's going on in Brooklyn. And you're going to turn around and you're going to get to Philly. And man, how ironic would it be if you if he leaves Brooklyn and Brooklyn some somehow some way goes on to win the championship with Kyrie and Kevin Durant? Yeah, they still yeah they still could. That's the thing. They could win a title without him. <laughs> they could. And the thing with James yeah. is James Harden had gotten a pass for a long time. You want to know why James got a pass? Because James was helping changing the game as a scorer. Like, James was one of the reasons why the game was being officiated for offensive players instead of teams being able to play real defense. The league changed the rules because of James Harden. All the dribbling and jumping into defenders, they've changed that this year. They say, if you're the shooter, you cannot jump into a defender. That that will not be called. That's a James Harden rule. Mm -hmm. So when players are the reason why rules are being changed, they get celebrated. When you look at the videos of James Harden, you're like, I've never seen this. This dude at a clip is going nuts. But now that's subsided. Mm -hmm. And now we get a chance to take a long, hard look at Harden's career, his makeup, and where he is now. And what he's doing or, or participating in right now, I think is trash. I can't get behind that. And if I'm a Brooklyn Net teammate... I'm looking at this man in his eyes every day like, bro, what's up? Now, business is business. But if you're going to do your business, handle your business like a man. Be upfront and upright with it as a man. Because you got to be around these boys every single day. You around KD every day. KD in the training room trying to get right. You on the plane with Kyrie when he only can play on the road games. You right there. So what is it? It is not going to surprise me. He won't be traded, by the way, this week. But it will not surprise me at the end of the year that he gets bitter, sits back, and demands a trade to Philadelphia. Now, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, hear me out. I'm making a trade for Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons would be a great fit out there with KD and Kyrie. You want to know why? Because you don't got to worry about the monopoly of the offense now. And you got a guy who's going to ultimately become the immediate best defender on the team in Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will have no pressure. He'll be able to get to the rack at will. He'll be able to subside from the pressure of shooting the basketball. He can just do what he needs to do. So me personally, I'm taking a hard, long look at this trade for Ben Simmons to become a Brooklyn Net. It won't happen this in three days, but it very well can happen in the offseason. But the, the moral of this story is James Harden is a runner, like Black said. James Harden has done this time and time again. And now James Harden is now starting to be viewed in a certain type of light. And the light is negative. The only way for James Harden to correct this is to be a part of a championship team. But if he keeps going away about things the way that he's going now, we'll continue to have this conversation about James. And I hate that. One of the great players of all time. One of the best offensive players we've ever seen. A former MVP of this league. But when your makeup becomes a toxic makeup, when you can't play with Chris Paul, 
You can't play with Dwight Howard. You can't play with Russell Westbrook, who's supposed to be your dog. Well, you can't play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Who's the common denominator now? Hmm. It's you, sir. So we're going to follow that closely for sure, and uh, we'll see how things work out. I just want to touch on it because James has been getting the pass for a little minute. All right, man, so we're going to jump right into the rundown today. We're going to kick off with the National Football League. And like I told y'all, man, for the rest of the year, man, you know, we got a, you know, new NFL music. <laughs> we'll get back to what y'all used to. Uh, but hey, we, we showing they be love here on the sports desk. I love it. Shout out to Antonio Brown. We get ready to talk some uh some football. I'm from the pit, not the palace. I'm kind of stylish. Lifestyle lavish. Jump in the coop with no mileage. Run it. Style it. I'm from the pit, not the palace. I gotta run it. Style it. Hit on the gas. Y'all lying if y'all ain't saying it's hard. Jump in the coop with no mileage. Shout out AB, man. Pitting at the palace out there, man. Y'all go check it out. All right, Black, let's go ahead and get into it, man. First thing up on this docket, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. has officially called it quits as of last week. Now, last week on the sports desk, I came to the defense of Brady in the opening soliloquy of the show, and then literally that next morning, he retired. So... I knew we were going to be getting back in the studio soon and we will have an opportunity to really speak heavily on the career. But Black, I'm sad, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm sad for two reasons. I'm sad that Tommy's gone because the more that he played, I grew, of course, well, most people have, if not all, grew a more appreciation for the greatness that we were able to see over and over and again from Tommy. But I'm really mad that Tommy didn't get to do it his way. I kind of had beef with Adam Schefter and them boys for a little while. And I get it. When you're a reporter and you got the scoop, it's your job to deliver it. That's that. That's what Adam Schefter get paid to do. That's what Wolves get paid to do. When they get the scoop, they drop it. But this Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. This is this the greatest player of any sport ever. We could have let this man have his moment, but he didn't get that. And it's a, it's a, it's a rat. And Tom Brady camp. Mm. It's a snake in Tom Say Brady brain. It's a rat. <laughs> it's a rat and a snake in the Brady camp. And I hope they find out who did this, man. Now, if it was Giselle, I can't hate. That's that's the wife, bro. I can't touch on that. Because I know Giselle was ready for him to come home. Yeah, you but I know it wasn't her. <laughs> it was one of them boys. And I got a feeling it was Nikovich. Because mm. he right here telling people two weeks before the playoffs started, this is it for Tom Brady. I know Tommy probably talked to that boy. But anyway, Tom, man, where can we start? What can we say? We'll talk more about Tom as we go on. But this is the greatest football player of all time. This is arguably the greatest player of any professional sports in all of anything whether it's Jordan basketball Serena Williams and tennis LeBron in basketball he's up there the up Michael Phelps in swimming he's up there with the up echelon of athletes it was a pleasure a pleasure to go through the roller coaster of hating Tom Brady because I was such a big Peyton Manning fan and loving Tom Brady and respecting him I think my admiration for Tom came after the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl. The Seattle Super Bowl, I was going for the Legion of Boom, riding that wave. I wanted uh, them to get another one. Love Sherm and Earl and B Smoke. Love that whole group. And when he got that chip, I was pissed. You know what I mean? But when the deflate gate and all that stuff started happening, Tom got a raw deal. I think Bill Belichick threw him under the bus. 
the whole organization threw Tommy under the bus and he was not going to go out like that. And he couldn't go up against the NFL in the Supreme Court, so he had to take a suspension. So right around that time is when I started to turn the other cheek towards Tom Brady, sympathize with him, and really start to root for him and really show my respect, which I've always had. And then we got to that Super Bowl, man, and down 28-3, to a red-hot Falcon say Matt Ryan MVP, explosive offense. They had every reason and was set in the right position to win that championship. And it just didn't happen. And Tom and them when it got that thing. And ever since then, I've been cheering for Tom Brady, man. 20 years in New England, 20 great years in New England, six Super Bowls, eight appearances in New England. Then he goes to Tampa in one year during COVID and the pandemic. Gets this thing together and wins a trip, wins a chip against one of the young upstart uh, quarterbacks in this league. And, and they won it the year before and they did it at home. No team has ever done it. He made history like that. Seven rings, nine appearances, countless Pro Bowls, countless MVPs over and over and over again. The man would not be denied. But before Tom Brady officially retired, if you know ball, if you cover ball, if you watch ball, and you know these athletes when they speak, right before the playoffs started, Tommy was talking different. Tommy wasn't talking with that fire. Tommy wasn't talking with that passion. Tommy was talking in a reminiscent way. He started speaking on family and his mortality and speaking on Kobe Bryant and speaking on relationships. He started speaking past tense and the season was still going. And it led me to believe, like, hold on now. <laughs> like Shannon Sharp said all the time, you hear the tone in the athlete change before they actually retire. Tom told us at 39, he was playing a 45 and one out of one a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. At 40, he said the same thing and won another one. He told us at 41 and 42, I'm still going to be doing my thing thing. But that started to change after last year. And I don't think no one's surprised. We wanted Tommy to do it his own way. But now it's done. Tom Brady's officially retired. Part of me believes, Black, and I'm going to kick it to you, that that door's still cracked. If somebody is in this situation in Tampa or New England or wherever, and Tommy was intrigued, we could possibly see him again. Do I think we will? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we don't see him again. But I got that Michael Jordan feeling in my stomach. Mm. When Jordan retired that last time, well, the time before last, you kind of felt like that wasn't it. He was 36 years old, still in his prime, and walked off the floor a champion and retired. But then he came back and played them duck years in the Wizards, but we ain't going to speak on that. But Tommy, I got that feeling with him. Black, what are your thoughts on the career of Tom Brady? Yeah, man, it kind of sucks, man. Um, I was hoping we could have got a Jordan feel, a Peyton Manning feel. Red carpet rolled out. Peyton, I, yeah. mean, I mean, Tom do this thing on TV yeah. nationally, everybody to see. A dope way. Like you say, D, is some rats, some snakes. Some snake. Just, I mean, backstabbers. Nikovich. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> awful. I hope Tom told that guy, you done. You done. <laughs> Out of here. Out of <laughs> here. But yeah, man, Tom Brady, man, uh, the GOAT. The GOAT, man. Yes. Like, like I said, he he you could put him up there with Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Michael LeBron Phelps. James, Michael Phelps. Yep. You know, it's 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 a lot. Uh Christian Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Just see these these just just athletes. people these athletes, man, to do everything in their time, man. And Tom is right there. 
and he's going to be missed, man. I want to miss Tom, man, just to yeah, compare sure. to fire. And then, and then the one thing with me with Tom, man, that I love to see these past couple of years that I respected so much, he out here, man, doing this thing with kids, man. Yeah, man. Tom out here doing this thing with kids. It's just like we see LeBron on the basketball court. Yeah. LeBron literally out here with kids, bro. Yeah. And Tom was doing the same thing. He playing with kids and just making it look easy. Effortless. You know? I mean, all the heart in the road gave it, gave it his all, man. Twenty years with New England, two years in Tampa. We just seen Tom retire on his best football year, crazy of his career in twenty two seasons. Could be the MVP, and could be the MVP. Yeah. I hope they give it to Tom just I hope for the they heck too. of it. I hope they too. The hell with Aaron. We Rodgers. seen this man walk away five thousand yards. Incredible, man. 25 plus touchdowns. Incredible. It's just, you don't, you just can't write this. You know, Tom no. has done literally <laughs> everything he wanted to do in his career. Yeah. Seven time world champion, five time Super Bowl MVP, three time most valuable player, two time offensive player of the year, NFL comeback player of the year, three time first team all pro. That shocked me only three times. Three-time second-team All-Pro, 15-time Pro Bowler, 15, 15 time, I mean, five-time NFL passing touchdown leader, four-time passing yards leader, two-time NFL rating leader, and two and the unanimous NFL 100th anniversary first-team All-Player. Mm -hmm. So Tom Brady, man, he got all the accolades. He's done everything he's needed to do mm -hmm. in his career. Tom was just winning championships, man. It was just fun to win championships. And not to have Tom and going into this next part of football without Tom Brady, it's going to suck at it's first. It's going to suck at first, for sure. But um, he's truly going to be missed. Will we ever have, in my opinion, will we have another another quarterback to do this thing? In my opinion, right now, I say no. It's hard I say to no see that. Because of the way of the talent is in the NFL now. We see it with Mahomes. We see it with these quarterbacks, Mahomes, yeah. Burrow. I mean, just these Lamar Jackson, Herbert, Herbert yeah. Josh Allen. Carr. I mean, these yeah. quarterbacks are coming. And they're it's very really good. It's really going to be hard for teams to even even go back to back or potentially just win one. Yeah. So Tom has said something very hard. It's going to be very hard for quarterbacks to do. It's going to be very hard for quarterbacks to win seven rings. You may not never hear that again. Nine appearances. I know records are made to be broken, but man, this is a tough one here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, shout out to Tom Brady, man, for an amazing, amazing career. Yes. You gave us all the thrills, all the highlights, everything. all the moments. Everything. Everything a football fan wanted from the NFL, you gave it to us. Everything. And I appreciate you. You're going yes. to be missed. I hope you, Giselle, and the kids, right off in the sunset, man. Absolutely. You just go have a good, good time and enjoy Absolutely. the family. Shout out Tom Brady, man, the GOAT. Hey, Naismith. I mean, not Naismith. Hey, Pro Football Hall of Fame. The hell with your criterias. This is the only player in history that should not have to wait five years to make the Hall of Fame. Do it next. Do it in the next go round. Put him in. Mm -hmm. Break your traditions for the greatest player of your sport. Yep. I'm gonna say that again. Break your tradition of the greatest player of your sport. Of your sport. Do something. Give this man his just due. Tommy has respected the game. Tommy has never put a blackout on the game. 
Tommy has done nothing but give his heart, his soul, and passion to this game. This man was a seven-round pick. A laughing stock at his pro day and the NFL combine. They laughed at Tommy. And what did he do? He made the absolute best of what he had around him and took it to heights that only he felt that was possible. I bet if you put Bill Belichick on a lie detector test, he would have never said this was coming. I bet if you put Bill Robert Kraft on a lie detector test, he would have never said he would have saw this coming. No one saw this but Tommy. Hmm. And for him to be world-renowned as the greatest, the GOAT, no conversation. There's no one who you can put in his category. Not Lawrence Taylor, like Joe Montana, not any of these guys who are great. Joe might be the second greatest player in NFL history. He got five rings. But Tommy got seven (laughs) and nine appearances. And if it weren't for the two luckiest catches in the history of the NFL, he'd have nine. He'd have nine. So respect to Tom Brady. You definitely earned mine. I've been rooting for Tom for the last, I don't know, five or six years. I hated his guts, man, because he was going up against my dog, Peyton, man. (laughs) I love Peyton, and he was wearing Peyton out, man, for a good bit, man. Mm -hmm. Peyton got him a few times, but he was wearing him out. But he gained my respect. No conversations about him versus Aaron Rodgers, okay? No conversations about him and Dan Marino. No conversations about him and Joe Montana. Even though Joe never lost one, ain't no conversation. Because you look up his stats versus Joe's stats, miss me. And people say, oh, it was a different NFL. Not for Joe, it wasn't. Joe was the first person of the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. The very first one. Jerry Rice and all those boys. So, congrats, Tom Brady. Career well done. I really have nothing else to add, man. We'll be talking about more and more Tom Brady. Me and Black Aguil, we're going to do an episode just dedicated to Tom as a time. Just keep on going because he deserves a full episode to himself because his career is so massive. There's no way. There's no way we can talk about it all right here. There's It's 22 years worth. Mm-hmm. There's no way. So shout out to the GOAT one last time. And uh, yeah, man. Congratulations. All right, man. Let's go ahead and transition to the bangum. Uh-oh. That's a bad sign, man. All right, Black. Let's talk home front. The Jacksonville Jaguars have hired a brand new coach. And his name is Doug Peterson. Dougie P. Is now the head football coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was announced this past weekend. Former Super Bowl winning head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Dougie P is now in town. Black, what are your just initial thoughts on the hiring of Doug Peterson? Of course, remember, State of the Union episode is on the way. Let's see what this staff looks like. Let's see what's going in place, and then we'll address everything then. But we're just going to give our natural, natural raw reactions right now. Black, Dougie P, new head coach. Um, I like it, D. I like it. For one, uh, Doug is a winner. He's won the Super Bowl. Um, He's a great mind. For Trevor Lawrence, he played the quarterback position. Um, he can develop Trevor in a way 
that I feel like not more, not many quarterbacks can. We've seen him with Carson Wentz, what he did with Carson Wentz. The one year Carson did look great before he got hurt. He was in the MVP race. So if I'm Trevor Lawrence today, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic that we got Dougie P. Um, some people are, well, Jaguar fans, Jaguar uh, supporters. So a lot of people wonder, why did it take so long? In my opinion, D, I felt like it time needed to be took on this because we've jumped the gun so many times really quickly on coaches or hire within or when we did hire, hire a coach from outside of what we already had, it was done quickly. Maybe was it some hiccups hiccups in this process? I believe it was. I truly think Shah Khan really wanted to find the right guy. I really believe Brian Byron Leftwich was one of the coaches. I felt like he sh- he could have easily been the head coach, but circumstances of what people want to do and who they want to work with, I think that played a huge part. But to, to go back and still be able to get Doug Peterson, Patterson Peterson in here and make him the head coach, I think is going to be good for the Jaguars. I think it's going to be good for the franchise in itself. Trevor Lawrence. I'm hoping Doug Peterson, he's going to be a, uh, a breath of fresh air for these guys. And uh, hopefully they can get this thing going in the right uh, in the right way. And we can see we can see some winning. We can see something different. Just the product put on the field look different under Doug Patterson. And I'm excited that he's the head coach. We're going to see what happens. He's he's behind the eight ball right now because it took so long. But it is what it is. Once he put a staff together, once they continue to build that front office and get an executive vice president, someone to hire, work under Trent Belkey, we'll see how this thing comes together. But excited about uh, our new head coach here in Jacksonville, D. Um, I'm good with the hire. I'm good with the hire. Doug was one of the guys who I wouldn't have had, have mind seeing here uh, in Jacksonville. Really wanted the Byron hire. Hire. I did want that. Of uh, because what it would have represented for the team, and furthermore, I just like Byron's makeup where he came from in the coaching world. Coming off of a, you know, championship, you know, uh, coaching appearance in the Super Bowl, being around the GOAT Tom Brady, you know, just a healthy organization. Okay, that didn't work out for whatever reason. I'm sure we'll hear more, but we got a good idea thinking that it's because he didn't want to work with Trent Baalke. Can't blame the man. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson had a short stint with the Philadelphia Eagles. But while in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson's offense in Philadelphia was prolific. Doug Peterson moved the needle coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree. So he has been around guys like Andy Reid, who's one of the legendary coaches of all time. Carson Wentz's best year was under Doug Peterson. They won a Super Bowl, prolific offensive play calling. Like just moments throughout that season, I went back and I revisited some of Doug Peterson's highlights as uh, during that Super Bowl year uh, with the Philadelphia 70, Philadelphia 76, Philadelphia Eagles. And it was fun to see. And then I got to thinking about Jacksonville. When has Jacksonville had an offensive head coach? Have not. I mean, I can't remember one. That's what I'm saying. Can't remember one. Like this, <laughs> this is the very first offensive-minded coach that the Jacksonville Jaguars has had. That lets me know one and two things. If Byron was a finalist, 
And if Dougie P was the other finalist, Shaq Khan and the front office of the Jaguars were were ready to turn the page on this thing and go a different mindset. And the mindset is what uh, what is today's NFL. That's offense. You got to have pieces on the field to compete. If you have a great defense and you luck up and have a great defense, when you look around the league, there's not a lot of great defenses. Just this year, it's probably five great defenses in the NFL. Probably five. It's 30 teams. That's not a lot. The average point scored this year in the National Football League was 32.6. That's the average points per game that you were getting in the league. So if you can't score, you can't do nothing. And then I look at Sunshine, that blonde-haired, blue-eyed angel who got all the gifts and all the talents possible to be a cornerstone franchise player who can deliver beautiful moments for organizations right here in this city. They took that in consideration when bringing in Dougie P. So with me calling him Dougie P lets you know that I like it because he already got the nickname going. I think Doug Peterson is going to be exactly what Trevor Lawrence needs. Doug Peterson played in the league. He's been in the league for a long time. He has experience across the board in the league. He comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He's been the leader of an organization and he's won. Now, Doug Peterson didn't get fired for not performing well in Philadelphia. He got fired because he couldn't get along with the management there on the moves that needed to be made. He wanted things to go one way. The ownership wanted things to go another way in the front office and with the coaching staff and with the players. They wanted to keep Nick Foles and staff. Dougie P didn't want to do that. He wanted the nurse Carson Wentz back to help health and get him back out there. The, the Eagles didn't want that. They wanted to keep Ryan with Foles, and that's what happened. Allegedly, that's what happened. So he didn't get fired for performance. Dougie P has the mind. He has experience to help Trevor continue to get to the next level. Now, what is his staff going to be like? Trip Bulky is still in the building, which I despise. He should have been given his walking papers with Urban Meyer. He should have been. So I'm not understanding what Balky has done to deserve to still be in the mix with Doug Peterson. Hopefully we'll find that out. Or hopefully Doug Peterson can take off and we never have to hear the word Trent Balky again. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. So I hope that Shah Khan has instilled a vote of confidence in Dougie P. He's able to do his thing, get this roster right. And another thing why I like Doug Peterson, I saw a lot of players around the league tweeting that Doug Peterson is a player's coach. A lot of nice things to say about Doug Peterson. A lot of people from Philly, too. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people have some great things to say about Doug Peterson. And the Philadelphia Eagles have not been the same since Doug Peterson left. They've been a dumpster fire, matter of fact, since he left. So that kind of makes you feel good that he can bring a mindset and bring an energy here. And, and I like what I saw at the press conference. He was, he was vibrant. He had life. It felt natural with Dougie P here. It felt forced when Urban Meyer was here. It really did feel forced when Urban Meyer was here. It felt like it was premeditated. With Dougie P, he seemed relaxed. My man, go get that man the best ice cream in the city, man. <laughs> and show him around. So want to see what the staff looks like. He's going to nurse Trevor. He's going to bring in like-minded coaches to help assist Trevor's development. Get some players in here. Hopefully have a good draft. And let's get this thing off the road. Colin Cowherd said something today on his show today. The Jacksonville Jaguars got talent. They beat the Buffalo Bills. They shut them down. They won a game against one of the better teams. And that same team you still go, go head-to-head against Patrick Mahomes, the Jaguars beat that team. 
So if you can beat a team like that with that kind of caliber, you got pieces there that you can blend together and start getting some culture around. This whole thing was about culture. We know those guys got talent. They're in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But this thing is about culture. And I hope Dougie P can bring his championship pedigree, his mindset, his energy, and just let it just catch like wildfire throughout the Jaguars organization. And let's get some things going positive. I think the city is going to be sitting on its hands with Doug Peterson. I think the city is going to be in a point where they really don't know what to say or how to feel until we see the product on the field. Is Doug Peterson the splash that the city wanted? No. But Doug Peterson is proven. You wanted somebody who was proven. You wanted someone who had great uh, a winning pedigree. That's what we said we wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, you got it. You got it. Anything else to add on Dougie P, Black? Yeah, man, I'm just... um. I'm, like you say, I'm ready to see the product on the field. And I think I think Jaguar fans, we just need to relax a little bit. You know, I think we really need to relax because I believe Dougie P has the opportunity to turn this thing around. Like you said, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of talent. And Dougie P, like you said, you go around the league, seeing people tweeting, people like, oh, man. Uh, Jacksonville got a good one. You hear from uh, Ryan Clark, Stephen A. Smith, Skip, Shannon. The Jaguars got a good one. Yeah. It's something to be said about a coach that is well talked about around the league. It's something to be said about that. And I believe this time around, Doug is going to be ready for to deal with a, a front office. Be ready to deal with the Trent Belkey. Be ready to deal with the owner. That's something he had to go through with Philly. And to see him be able to pump the brakes, take a year off. And it, and it, and it kind of wild me. I was like, man, to hear Shaw Khan say, yeah, I was in contact with him when before they even hired Urban Meyer. But Dougie chose to take the year off. Shaw Khan wanted this guy. He was, had been looking at this guy for a while. And to finally get him in the building. And, and I hope that this thing works out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, it's, it's been a long time. It's to see something good, man. We, like you say, this it, this this city, this team, it need a boat. You know, and hopefully Doug can, you know, provide that. And I think he will once he, you know, one, like he said, it's not going to be overnight thing. But I really believe now free agents are going to look over. I mean, y'all got Doug Peterson as the head coach. Okay, let's look and see what Jacksonville is talking about. Let's see what let's see what the money look like. And they got Doug. I could play for Doug. I could play for him. So it's going to be interesting to see what what moving forward with free agency coming up in March and then the draft to see how this thing gets handled. But uh, I'm excited D, about what's going to happen. And hopefully, you know, this Dougie P being the head coach work out for the best for the Jaguars. Yeah. One thing you said, I think free agency this year is going to be different. The real reason why free agents didn't want to come to Jacksonville last year was the uncertainty of Urban Meyer being able to coach in the NFL. We hear it all the time. NFL players don't care nothing about a college coach who's won in college. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. This is the NFL. They didn't care. Now, you got to think that offensive weapons are going to be like, man, we've seen Trevor them last two games of the season. We've seen Trevor, man, looking all right. He was getting that ball off pretty decent. Even through the turmoil over the organization, Trevor looked all right. They getting NTN back. Knowing Dougie P going to use NTN like he used them backs in Philly. And NTN can get it done. Got high drive pick. Now the Jaguars got to go back to the table. What Dougie P want to do? 
So I think the Jaguars have a great chance to get some splashes in the media in a positive way offensively. Defensively, sure. The secondary needs help, of course. Linebacker core is decent. Front four is all right. But offensively, if you can get me a product on the field, and I know when 16 hit that float, hit that field with them, with everybody around him, and you got to put up 30 points to beat the Jaguars, I take it to start. <laughs> I take it to start. If you know you got to put 30 points up to beat Trevor, I'll take it. I'll take it. Everything else will fall where it may. Mm-hmm. It will fall where it may. But if we can get a product on the field that's going to make it very, very difficult for you to come down here to Jacksonville and get you a win because Dougie P and that offense is lined up and they're firing all cylinders and it's an offense that you can't predict. Go back. I challenge anybody to go back and watch. It's a YouTube video. Doug Peterson's best play calls as a uh, Philadelphia Eagle. Some of the plays that we ain't ran none of the plays here in Jacksonville ever. (laughs) Ever. So excited. Excited. I'm happy with it. I'm good with the hire. Let's see what the staff looks like. And let's go from there. I think it's a different type of vibe with Doug Peterson versus the overhype that I participated in with Urban Meyer. It's different. It's different. So, Doug P won the championship, what, four years ago? Yeah, 2017. So, ain't that long ago. Ain't like he won one 3 Yeah. And then one last thing for me that I love to hear him say when he was asked a question. Well, uh, offensive coordinators called in plays. I'm I'm calling the plays, yes. Yes. When have we ever had that? We wanted it. Urban Meyer was a play caller, but he was like, no, I'm going to sit back and let the coaches coach. Yeah. When did you ever hear Tom? When did you ever see Urban Meyer on the sideline say two words? I ain't say Urban have a paper in his hand, no laminated sheet, no nothing. Just his hands on his hip and rubbing that gray hair. Yeah, we're going to have an offensive coordinator. Yes, we will. Yeah, sure. But Dougie P. Yeah, calling It's going to be calling the plays. This is what he used to. This is what he won. The, the man won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He did. As his quarterback. He did. Nick Foles started one regular season. Uh, one. One regular season football game. And two playoff and games. Two playoff games and, and won a Super chip. Bowl. Oh, and guess who he beat, D? Old Tommy. Old Tommy. <laughs> so, Jaguar fans, just on the strength of that alone, just on the strength of us having a winner, I don't know what the winner. future has to bring. We have a winner. We have a coach who's done it. Finally, other than Dougie P, what coach have the Jaguars had that's been a winner outside of Tom Coughlin? I'll wait. Do, 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 do. None. <laughs> we have had absolutely trash. And no disrespect to you, uh, Jack Dario. You did a marvelous he did. job. The last coach worth mentioning in about. Yes. You did a marvelous job here in Jacksonville he the time that you were here. He did. So no disrespect to you. But other than that, other than Tom Coughlin, nothing. Nothing. 20 plus years. Dumps the juice. Jesus Christ. In the corner of the dumpster, too. That stank juice. <laughs> So fans, let's just chill. You may not like D said, it may not be the splash higher. It may not be ooh. And I hate that it ain't Byron because Byron, he's been here, he's done that. He is also a player's coach. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people wanted to see that, but we didn't get that. We got a winner. We got a winner, and we should be happy with that. 
Jaguars got what they needed. They got what they needed. Not what was wanted. I think the Jaguars got they, It's like a child. When your child come to you and say, can I have some cookies? Well, you know they had a piece of cake or they had something early in the day and those cookies can hurt their stomach. You tell them to get you a piece of fruit because that's what they need. <laughs> Dougie P is that fruit. Yeah. Dougie P is that orange, the grapes, that apple. He not that cake, that ice cream that you don't need. So we're going to sit back and we're going to see how it go with Dougie P, man. Welcome to Jacksonville if you just so happen to hear this. And let's get this thing going, Dougie P. I got a, I got a good feeling in my stomach. I was hopeful with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm, you were. I was yeah. hopeful, but I'm not hopeful here. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I'm expecting to see it because I know Dougie P has been out of the league. He's ready to be back. He's here now. And I think he's going to put in the work, man, and show it's going to show out on the field with his team. So look forward to see what happens. So State of the Union, Jacksonville Jaguars episode coming soon. Once the staff gets rolling and put together, we're going to have that episode. We're going to let you guys talk to us. We're going to let our listeners of this show voice their opinion. We're going to get Freddie Bricks in here. We're going to get Rashad in here. We're going to get whoever else. It doesn't matter. If you can find a way to get in contact with me and Black, you can be a part of this episode. We're putting it out there. All right, we put it out there. All right, sticking with coaching, Black. Man. <laughs> you know, am I surprised that this is going on in the league? No. Brian Flores was fired unceremoniously due to philosophy. I'm doing the air quotes, but y'all can't see it. Philosophy differences. With Stephen Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, they went their separate ways. From the beginning of that storyline when Brian Flores was released, it didn't sit right. Whole league was like, what the hell? Everybody was saying, well, hell, I'll take Brian Flores as my head coach. Y'all don't want him sending him this way, including here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Hell, fire McCarthy right now and give me Brian Flores. <laughs> Dang, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funky when it happened. But then the coaching searches started. So it was eight coaching jobs. And Flores was in the mix for a handful of those. I think everybody expected for his name to be called being the next head coach of one of these organizations. And it didn't happen. What did happen was, old Bill Belichick did it again. Mm. Calls a forest fire. Texting Brian Flores incorrectly. Before the man even interviewed for the New York football Giants job, letting him know that the other Brian DeBall, whatever his last name is, got the job. And Flores was scheduled to interview the next day. He knew Bill Belichick won line because he plugged in with the Giants. And then Flores got to thinking, oh, I'm a sham now. Brian Flores couldn't take it no more. And he's suing the National Football League. And he is putting now... Some of the boldest allegations that we have seen in the National Football League. Stephen Ross offering him $100,000 per loss to lose games to get a high draft pick. All of this started because Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert to be his quarterback. And Stephen Ross in the front office of the Miami Dolphins wanted to tackle of Viola. That's where it started. Brian Flores would not be quiet in Miami due to the production of Tua Tagovailoa versus the production of Justin Herbert. He let it be known around the organization. If we had that guy, this is where we would be. This is no knock on Tua. Tua will be a solid NFL quarterback, but Justin Herbert going to be that boy. 
<laughs> and when you that boy, you got an opportunity to win Lombardi's. That's all Brian Flores was saying. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Flores goes and allegedly interviews for the Denver Broncos job. And John Elway and his homeboys come in as sloozy drunk and make Spickle. a sham out of the interview. Despicable. Wasting this man's time. After it was clear and cut that he was not being considered for this job. This is a racist issue. This is systemic racism. Once again, this is a black versus white thing again. This is the old good old boys of America waving their flags again towards black people who are qualified to do the job. We see this if you work at McDonald's. We see this if you work at a bank. We see this if you work for the NBA, even though the NBA is diverse. You see this if you work for the National Football League. We see this so forth and we see this so on across America. Brian Flores and many other coaches who are black get this done to them all the time. Now today, the Houston Texas named Lovey Smith, their head coach. Shout out to you, Lovey. Happy for you. But Lovey Smith will be fired within one season. Am I saying Lovey Smith won't go in there and do a good job? No, that's not what I'm saying. Lovey Smith was given a job where the cupboard was absolutely empty. Mm. Look at Nathaniel Hackett. Look at his cupboard. It's completely full. Look at Doug Peterson's cupboard. It's at least halfway full because he got 16. Look all around. Look at the Minnesota new uh, the head coach who can't be named yet. Office coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. His cupboard is probably the fullest. <laughs> but Lovey Smith got an empty refrigerator in the projects. That when you open it up, the thing don't even work. Who is Lovey Smith's quarterback? Who is Lovey Smith's anything in Houston? The Texans were selected by the league to say, y'all got to do this. Y'all got to hide this black man. That's what I believe happened. I could be wrong. People listening to this right now can tell me, man, D tripping. D ain't tripping. Y'all know like I know because I ain't heard Lovey Smith's name since he was fired from Illinois seven years ago. <laughs> this is... Applaudable for Brian Flores, who will never coach in the NFL again. Mm, Brian Flores has sacrificed his love for the greater good of black coaches. That right there, you can't put a price tag on. I respect the man more than anything. Because he's seeing what's going on, he won't be quiet. He'll lose this war. He'll lose it. It's 32 billion white men against Brian Flores, who's making accusations that we all know are true. We know they're true. But you can't prove it. You can't prove it. Unless Brian Flores and his legal team has suffice evidence, then nothing will, won't happen. This would be just like the Colin Carbonek situation. All y'all got in the uproar and said y'all weren't watching football again. I ain't never tell y'all I won't watch football again, but I stood with Cabinet and everything that he went to war for and lost his job for. I still stand with the man. Because this is what he was talking about. 
They bring in Jay-Z and all these different black people to come in and work for the NFL. And all we getting is Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige for the halftime show. But Brian Flores, a respected coach, a respected football mind, is now out of a job? Now he's taking the NFL to court? This is a racist issue. This is black versus white. This is systemic racism. This is disgusting on all fronts. I hope before I take my last breath one day that I see change. I hope my sons, if they grow up one day wanting to be coaches somewhere, that they actually get a shot. I hope my godsons get a shot at doing anything that they want to do in this world without being looked at because they have dark skin. This is what this is about. So a man who's overly qualified couldn't get a job in Houston because Josh McCown was going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans before the NFL called Houston and said, you can't do that. You can't name a high school coach who was a backup quarterback in the league for over a decade and name him your head coach. Josh McCown interviewed for the Houston Texans job last year. Houston wanted Josh McCown. But the other 30 billion white owners said, somebody got to do this now. Somebody got to do it. And Houston did it with Lovey Smith. Houston's already trash. I'm going to tell you how the conversation went. Y'all suck anyway, bro. Y'all going to be 1-15 next year anyway. Y'all going to get another high drive pick. Just bring in Lovey. Kind of quiet down a little bit while all this is going on. So we can say, hey, here's another black coach in the league. That brings it up to two black coaches. Lord knows what we're going to do when Mike Tomlin finally retire. Mm, mm, mm. The National Basketball Association has 30, 30 teams, 15 black head coaches, minority, excuse me, minority head coaches. 15. That's half the league. National Football League now has two. And a biracial minority can, uh, head coach that the Miami Dolphins hired. <laughs> I'm kicking the black, man. I respect Flores. I appreciate him. We'll cover this story as long as we need to cover it. But again, this is systemic racism in the workplace. This is black versus white. And until the good old boy system dies, we'll continue to experience this and hopefully hopefully my hope is hell my prayer is is that Brian Flores will leave his footprint for many many years and the future to come that is my hope for all of this just like Colin Kaepernick's footprint will be visible forever and will pay dividends in the future I'm hoping that for Brian Flores yeah Brian Flores, thank you. Thank you for bringing this to the floor forefront front because it needed to be said. It needed to it needs to be dealt with. And for you to look at yourself in the mirror and know that you're sacrificing yourself, your coaching career for a greater good, I appreciate you for this. Because as D said, the future. We need the we need to pave a way for the future. For yeah. future coaches, for up and coming owners, black minority minority owners, 
Yeah. Things like this need to be said. I heard something D, and it kind and I and, and it kind of it kind of stuck with me. They asked Tyron Matthew at the Pro Bowl a couple of days ago about this whole thing, and Tyron Matthew said, "You know what it is? They don't believe black men are capable of being leader of men. They don't think." The color of our skin, black men, are capable of leading men. Why is that, D? Why aren't why aren't we capable of leading men? Like you say, we see it in the NBA. We see it around college football. But why in the NFL are we not capable? But we're capable to run the football. Hmm. We're capable of running catches. Hmm. I mean, catching catching the football. Hmm. We're capable of hitting someone. Hmm. But we're not capable of being owners or coaches. You just got to stop, man. This got to stop. I am over this whole thing. And, and the one thing that freaking sucks. Because Brian Flores is doing all this. Let me tell you one thing about these white owners in the NFL. These white guys, <laughs> any other any any other day of this one happening, they probably don't. It's a lot of them probably don't even get along. Oh, I don't like that guy. They probably don't. But you know what they're going to come together for? When you have a black man that's coming to the table with this, all 32 of them are going to stick together. Oh, we can't have this happen. And Roger Goodell going to put the stamp over. Oh, yeah, this is not going to happen. This is what we see year in and year out. They treat the NFL like the slave days. We have a draft. You look at these black guys. You look at these, you look at them. You got these owners sit high up in the box looking down on us. Oh, I want this guy. I want this guy. I want this. But we're not capable of leading men. You want us to do everything else. Other than lead. Dude, that don't sit well with me. This has to change. The NFL, Roger Goodell, they are a bunch of bums. And I'm sick of the same thing happening year in and year out. And like you said, D, this Brian Flores would probably never coach another. Because when you sue your when you, when you suing your employee, it's no way you're yeah, gonna you come done. back in and you're gonna coach. Yeah, you done. You done. Yeah. That's like me saying I'm finna go. I'm finna sue Publix and I'm finna go back to work the next day. No, sir. They gonna look at me like I'm crazy if I tried to walk up through them doors, bro. Mm-hmm. But he's sacrificing for the greater good. Someone have to. He's the one that's standing up and saying something about what's going on in this nasty NFL that we now we love football. We love it. Love the sport. Love we the game. We love the sports, but everything at the top ain't right. It's not right. And it needs to be dealt with. So Brian Flores, we are, we commend you. We appreciate you for everything that you're that you're coming out with. And do I believe these allegations? Yeah, I could believe them. It sounds about right. I could believe it. 
What was going on in Cleveland and doing all that crap. I believe that crap too. I believe it all. Because that's the type of game these owners play. But hopefully, D, like you say, somewhere down the line, our kids, our generations, our black people won't have to don't won't have to deal with this. And we can look back and say it was one per, a few people who spoke up and wasn't going to allow this to keep being keep continue being done to us. We need change, D, and we need it now. It's real simple. We're going to move on to me. It's real simple. And I forget who said this last year, but somebody said it. It's real simple. If one day there's a full stadium of 60 to 70,000 people coming to see a football game in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes doesn't show up to play. If 70,000 plant fans arrive to a sold out stadium with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson doesn't show up to play. If 70,000, 80,000 people are roaring and screaming in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson doesn't show up to play. And we somehow get Lamar, Russ, and Patrick Mahomes standing in the United Front saying, we will not play until there's change. Uh-oh. Until you get a United Front like we saw in the National Basketball Association with the Milwaukee Bucks doing the playoff game say, we ain't playing tonight. We need to be heard. We need something done. There has to be significant ground to be broken from your big time black athletes who are in charge of the product. I'm not telling none of these guys what they need to do. I'm telling you what would cause the shift. That's a lot of pressure to say Pat Mahomes don't show up to the stadium. This man got a family. This man loved his game. This is what he this is what he does. But that's the only thing that's going to work. If your top black athletes, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Get your white player in there too, like somebody who Justin Herbert say, I ain't playing until you get somebody black in here. That's what it's gonna take. Because when these owners sit at these meetings, guess what they guess what? It's 32, 31 white billionaires in shotgun. That's there. So guess what the conversations are like? It ain't no conversations of change in there. It's the good old boys club. And we need to keep it together. That's what it is. And until significant rumblings start breaking up the pavement of systemic racism and this black versus white culture, the NFL will always have this. The NBA is now interviewing women for head coaching jobs. And we can't get a black man in the league to run a team? Puffy wanted to put a bid in. Puff Daddy wanted to put a bid in on the Carolina Panthers when they were up for sale. The NFL said, (laughs) you can't come here, sir. Find you another league. We already got a new white owner lined up. 
That's what this is. I'm a black man. Black and black man. If you don't think we're not going to sit up here and tell it how it is, you need to stop listening to this show. I hope we see it. I hope Brian Flores can move mountains and leave his footprint. And hopefully, I hate to say it, but it's true. Brian Flores gets him a significant college job. And he changes the world as one of the greatest college football head coaches ever. Because as long as Roger Goodell, who works for these 32 white billionaires, 31 white billionaires in Chicago, until that really gets focused on and we see change there and diversity, Brian Flores will never coach it again. Brian Flores won't even be a, can't even be a scout uh, coach anymore. He's going to have to go to college. That's what he's going to have to do. And it sucks. Because here we are at 2022. Mm. Yet again, having this conversation. And white people, white people in the NFL can do whatever it is they want to do. And don't have to worry about the consequence. That's what it is. I said it. White people in the NFL can do what they want to do. And there's no consequence. People want to tell me, oh, what about Richardson, the, 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 the owner for the Carolina Panthers who was, who was saying racist thing and sexual assault? Shut up. He got caught. And the other owner said, oh, that's your fault, bro. You shouldn't have got caught. You can't make us look bad. Sayonara. That's basically what they said. But David Snyder, Daniel Snyder of the Washington Commanders, <laughs> he got a whole racist sexual scandal going on up there. But you know what NFL tell us, Black? We can't reveal the documents. <laughs> They're sealed tight. If anything of proof gets out about Daniel Snyder, that boy is out of here. Jerry Jones and, uh, and uh, Robert Kraft and the boy say, yeah, bro, you got caught. We'll plug in with somebody else, but you got to go. That's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do. Because when the Clippers owner, whatever his name was, was around here saying what he was saying about Magic Johnson and black players being monkeys and all that, boy, them boys, Chris Paul and LeBron and Kobe, all the boys said, bro, bro, that man was out of here in three days. Yeah, he was. Adam Silver said he got to go. And guess who Adam Silver worked for? He worked for the owners. But Brian Silver said you got to go and he was out of here. So, we said what needed to be said and we'll continue to cover this. If you didn't like what we had to say and it's bored you and you want to keep listening to sports, do us a favor and just kick rocks and split both your big toes. Because this is a real life conversation. And we're going to talk about it here on the sports desk. And hopefully by the time the sports desk evolves to its maximum potential. We'll start to see some change around here. All right, Black, let's get into the big game, all right? It is Super Bowl week. Bengals, Rams in L.A., an anticipated game. I'm looking forward to the game just as sure as you are, Black. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. First of all, Black, how does it feel now that you have some time for this matchup to settle in? Bengals with cool Joe and Jamar Chase taking on a highly favored team with Donald and Ramsey and Stafford coming into this game. What are your thoughts about just the matchup that we're getting ready to experience this weekend? I think it's going to be exciting, man. I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I think we're going to be in for a treat, a good Super Bowl game. 
Cincinnati Bengals, cool Joe Burrow. The L.A. Rams, my pick to win it all. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, every all the pieces they have on the offensive side and defensive side. I just think it got to make up to be one of the one one classic Super Bowl. I really, I really hope that we get the get the best out of this matchup for the Super Bowl. Cause here, we could say here lately the past couple of Super Bowls were they've been pretty decent. They haven't been bad. Well. I mean, uh, honestly, it was just one we had that, one. that Chiefs and 49ers the one Chiefs was and good. The Chiefs and 49 one was but good. But other than that, yeah, and 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 and, and New England and and uh, Philly was was a good one as well. That was back in seventeen, 17 though. Seventeen, yeah, man. Because that Rams and Patriots one was trash. Nine to six. Nine to six. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then Tampa just demolished the Chiefs. Just last demolished year. them. We yeah, haven't so we had them. Need a, we, we need a game. We need a splash. We need, we need a, game. a game. So I got to let me rewind a little bit. We need one. <laughs> We need one, and hopefully this one, yeah, this one can do it, man. Because we got stars all over the field, man. Yes, we do. We we got some matchups to look forward to. Yes, we do. Yes, we I do. mean, man, we got some heavyweight, heavyweight balling going on in this one. No doubt, and man. Man, just cool, Joe Burrow, man. The boss, Jamar Chase, man. Yes, sir. Undefeated in any type of playoff or championship. Undefeated. Form. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about it's crazy. these guys. And we and and I and I wanted to say this too. We were the one when we was doing our live draft announcement. We was like, man, they got to get somebody to protect Joe Burrow. Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they made this pick. Even I was like, man, they picked Jamal, but man, Mm-mm. Burrow coming off that ACL, Mm-mm. and D was over like, I like it. I, I love it. Love. It. And look at it. It's paying dividends now. It's, oh, it's got time. these guys to a Super Bowl. And you too. If Jaguar fans or anybody want to look at something, look at the Cincinnati Bengals. How From they turn this bottom. thing around in one year. From top to bottom. One year. Top to bottom. I think it was you that told me. Somebody told me the Cincinnati Bengals, everyone that's on the team has been a top, what, top, top th- uh, what three. Three pick. It? Top three round picks, all starters. All starters. All starters have been or selected in the third round and higher. The Cincinnati Bengals have the talent. The Cincinnati Bengals have players who've come to this team and came from winning. So they know what it takes. They have a quarterback who's a winner. A gangster and a rough rider. And he's colder than cold. <laughs> Add that to it. I can't wait. The Rams, who are the Rams, are what they are, man. I mean, just superstar them all over that team. Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup. I mean, man, if you're looking at it, be like, who wants to go up against that? But if it's one person that can do it, man, that's old cool Joe Burrow. <laughs> you know, I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to see what's gonna go on. I'm gonna be locked and loaded. And I want to see what the product is going to be put on the field, D. I believe we're going to get a good one for Super Bowl Sunday. Very excited. Very excited. Very excited about the game. Definitely wanted that Kansas City Chiefs Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl. Definitely wanted that. But as things materialize with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, how could you not root for them? How could you not be engaged with the storyline I'm going to say it again about five about four or five weeks ago I told y'all 
that Joe Burrow was a top five quarterback in this league. I said it. A lot of y'all say, I don't know, Dean. The black said it too. I said, he going to show you. He going to show you. In the biggest moments, he going to show you. And I'm going to reference it again. He beat Patrick Mahomes twice in four weeks. The first time he beat him, it was for the division championship. Something was on the line there. And something was on the line for the Chiefs. The Chiefs needed to win to get the number one seed. Joe Burrow said, ah, ah, let me get that. Smoke cigars, AFC North. <laughs> From the North. And then, in Kansas City, two weeks ago, when the Kansas City Chiefs were running high up 21-3, to three, that boy Cool Joe said, chill. We good. Now they playing for the chip. Got Pat Mahomes out here looking like a goofball. <laughs> Talking about go win it all, Joe. What else? What the hell else you supposed to say to him, Patty? <laughs> and now we got this epic matchup where you got this star-studded LA Rams team. The trade that they needed to make and went through. They got to where they wanted to be, bringing in Matthew Stafford. Jalen Ramsey, the best DB in football. Aaron Donald, the best player in football down on the line. Von Miller, former Super Bowl MVP. Floyd being a wrecking, wrecking ball on the other side of, of, of Von Miller. and Cooper Cup breaking records all year long. It's so set up beautifully, bringing an old Dale Beckham Jr. into the fold. It's set up. For a beautiful story for the Los Angeles Rams to get this done at home. But I'm going to tell you right now, I love the Bengals. Dang. I love them. <clears throat> Cincinnati Bengals going to win the Super Bowl this year. You can't teach what Joe Burrow got. You can't teach leadership. You can't teach the mental aspect. You can't teach it. You just got to have it. They believe in Joe. Sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans. Won the game. Down 21-3 against the best offense in football, arguably. With the baby goat. He sent him home. He sent him home. And now... He's going out to L.A. Well, he's good. And he's bringing, I don't know, you maybe heard of him. He's bringing Jamal Chase with him. Who about that? 1,000%. And they're going in against a Rams team who's going to be nervous. Going up against a Rams team who's going to feel it. Going up against a Rams team who's being told how much they are this and how much they are that. I don't think it'll be enough. I think the Cincinnati Bengals win this game, Black. I think Cool Joe, the boss Burrow, gets it done. And we start writing a chapter that we've never seen before in the National Football League. Where a number one overall pick who's coming off an ACL wins a Super Bowl. Just two years ago, he won him a national championship and was a part of arguably the greatest team ever. And he also carried a Heisman Trophy with him as well. He got six slick back hair with not a piece of facial hair on his face. And he, con he conducts himself like a mob boss. Mm. That's how he conducts himself. 
He got Zach Taylor who believes in him. Another head coach who has no emotional ties to anything but winning football. I like the Cincinnati Bengals, man. 33 to 30. They win a Super Bowl. Mm. What you got, Black? I love the Bengals! <laughs> well, D, I'm going to stay put, man. It ain't hard for me. I picked this Rams team to win the Super Bowl. You did. I felt like Matthew Stafford could be the, even. I felt like Matthew Stafford could be the missing piece. Yeah. I felt like they could. He could be the quarterback that could put them over the top with the way this defense was uh, was going. And then I felt like they had the offensive weapons. We didn't see this coming from Cooper Cup, but I thought they had just enough with Cam Akers <laughs> running that rock. Oh, Jalen yeah. Ramsey, that all those pieces on the side. I think the Rams' offense will make just enough plays. Matthew Stafford could win his first Super Bowl, and I'm going to say that continues, D. Okay. With the emergence, with 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 getting Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham finally showing, oh man, just don't sleep on my name just yet. I'm with you on that. I'm with just you on that. Just don't sleep on my name just yet. I'm with you on that. Okay. I love what I'm seeing from the Rams. It's starting to look pretty easy for the Rams now. Because it's kind of like pick your poison now. I'm going to either get this thing to Cam Akers and Mike, uh, Sony Michelle. I'm going to throw it to Cooper Cup. And for some reason, D, does it always seem like Cooper Cup is always open? It's crazy. Do defenses... Do you don't think about doubling this guy? It's crazy. Odell Beckham, don't count me out yet. I'm going to say it once again. Don't count me out I'm yet. with you. And I'm happy for Odell for this opportunity. But I'm happy for him. I think the defensive, ball, defensive side of the ball does what they need to do. Do I think they rattle and shake Joe Burrow? I think he's unshakable and unrattled. But I think they do just enough. To win this game. I believe Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey is going to be theater. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I believe it's a chance. Do you hear me out now? It's a chance we get a fourth down. Seven or eight. And the ball go Jamar, way, Jamar Chase way. And it's going to come down to Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey. I hope we get For it. the Super Bowl. I mean, I hope we get it. I'm talking about that type of theater. I hope we get it. And we're going to see who the best is. <laughs> I mean, I hope we get it. In that matchup. That'll be great. I can see this happening. I'm with it. One thing I know, cool Joe going to throw that thing to Jamar Chase. It don't matter who. Yeah, he definitely getting it. He going to get it. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. I got the Rams winning this Super Bowl. D, hear me out now. I'm listening. I like the Rams to win this win this game, twenty seven to twenty three. The Rams win the Super Bowl. Pretty low scoring. Pretty low scoring for you. Now, <laughs> what you gonna say <laughs> if Cool Joe do it? I just gotta know what you gonna say. Hey, if if no. If Cool Joe goes out here and gets this thing done and he hoists that Lombardi trophy, will your eyes even believe it? You know what, Dean? Because I'm going to stick with my pick, but if he won it, I wouldn't be shocked. 
I wouldn't be shocked okay. if he won it because of what we didn't got from Joe Burrow over the past what four years, as you said. Two Natties Heisman come to the NFL towards ACL one very first year, come back the next year, beat. Tom, I mean, beat the baby goat, as you said, twice. Mm-hmm. In four weeks. In four weeks. And then go and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's very doable. And if it's one quarterback can do it, it's Joe Burrow. Mm. But he can't, he won't get it done. If he do, congrats to Joe Burrow. Congrats to him. And I feel like if he gets this done, D, in my opinion, you may think I'm tripping. Freddie Briggs might think I'm tripping. A lot of people might think I'm tripping, but he might be the future of football. Ain't no. Uh, I, don't, I, I done told y'all already. <laughs> he don't got to no, win. No, you it. ain't say that. You no, said if he, he was top five. Win it. Oh, he is. But he ain't got to win it. He's the future of the NFL. He's, he's the, the face of the NFL if he gets this done. He won't be the face. He will be the face. He won't be the face. He will. In the my face opinion, is the most. Will. The face will be the most marketable player, and the most marketable player is fifteen. And he, and he sure can be. Look at you. Just said it. You gave him all the cut. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Look at Hold him. Hold on now. Patrick Mahomes got seven national commercials. He do. That's the face. Okay. Joe Burrow got to cover some ground. That. I'm just saying the face of the league is who's the most and he, marketable. And he, can, and he can't. I'm not saying he can't be. Okay. Patrick Mahomes won't have it for long. Now, see, we having another conversation that we going to hold on because I'm not going there with you right now because I Bro, think that's crazy no. that you said that. That's not I crazy. Think that is crazy. But I just feel like if he was to pull this off and we're going to keep it where we're supposed to keep it at. Yeah. If he pull this off, that's D, cool. the okay, floodgates open for Joe Burrow. I, absolutely. I said he was top five. Now he top four because Brady gone. So now he top four. He going to be top two. For Joe Burrow he going to be top two. He going to be top two if he win this. He gonna be top two. If he win the Super Bowl, the next he going to Di- he going to Disney World. Then he gonna be doing a chunky suit commercial the following week. That's cool. <laughs> top two. <laughs> he gonna be, be doing two. a chunky suit commercial the following week, and then they go to commercials. And I'm with come. it. I'm with it. I'm with Cool Joe. I'm rocking with him. Yeah. I also think Cool Joe wins the Super Bowl MVP. Mm. So he's my MVP. Yeah, I'm going to Disney if the World. Bengals win. Yeah, he's going, going to Disney, Disney World. World. Okay. I got Cool Joe winning the Super Bowl MVP. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl MVP for the Rams? Um, That's a tough one, D. That's a tough one. A lot one. of options there. A lot of options there. <sighs> because of the... I just don't think the Bengals going to do what it takes to stop this guy. I'm going to go Cooper Cup. Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. I think he, I think Cooper Cup had about 10, 11 catches, 140, maybe a little under 140, maybe two touchdowns, something like he had like last week. I just don't think the Bengals are going to do what it takes to stop him. We ain't seen nobody stop him all year. So I think Cooper Cup will get the Super Bowl MVP. Not a bad option. Not a bad option. Not a bad option. So the game is this coming Sunday, 630 on NBC. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels will be on the call. Uh, we'll be covering the game and talk about the game the day after uh, on that Monday when we drop the next episode of the Sports Desk. So hopefully we get a great game. Hopefully we get a classic game. Hell, hopefully this Super Bowl will rival what these playoff games were. Mm-hmm. Every single playoff game, all of them, 
We go back. I look, I said, man, did was any of the playoff games a dud? We didn't get none. We didn't get one. Not one. Almost all the games ended in field goals. Three points or less. Like all of these, the only game of wide margin was a, I think it was a six, was it a four, five, four point game or something like that with Dallas and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Other than that, every game was just crazy, crazy close. So I hope this game will live up to the expectations. Um, and I just hope it's a great one. I just hope it's a great, I hope everything about it's great. I hope the halftime show was great with Dre and Eminem and, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar. I hope everything is just great. In LA, and I'm really happy for OBJ. The man, the man has been through so much. One of the greater talents that we've seen in this league. I'm happy that he's getting this opportunity. The Rams gonna be looking clean you know with the white tops and them yellow bottoms. I just love what they're gonna be wearing in the Super Bowl. The Rams got some of the rawest uniforms in the league. Happy for him. Happy for Jalen as well. Happy for Jalen coming out of Jacksonville, Florida State alum. Just happy for him that he gets his opportunity. And speaking of Jalen Rams, we're getting ready to wrap up the show, Black. The defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams came out, uh, and they were talking to him on yesterday, and he said, uh, Jalen Ramsey is built, is built to go against any wide receiver in any era. You can put him on Randy Moss. You can put him on Jerry Rice. You can put him on Michael Irvin. You can put him on Calvin Johnson. You can put him up against the best of the best of the best. And Jalen will hold his own. Now, this is prime territory now. This is Charles Woodson type territory, what we're talking about with Jalen Ramsey. Now, I want to hear from you, Black. Do you believe that Jalen Ramsey could have went to any could could have played in any era against the top dog receivers in the National Football League? Once again, Prime, Revis, Charles Woodson, these guys. Is Jalen Ramsey in the same category as those three guys? Because those four guys I just mentioned are the greatest corners ever. Is he in that conversation? Could you see Jalen out there against Prime Randy Moss? Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. Get that look off your face. Talk to me. Oh, man. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I do think he could play. Okay. Those guys. Okay. I do think Jalen Ramsey is right up there with Dion, Charles, Revis. I think he's, I believe he's up there. Man, in my opinion, D, if you put them receivers with some real dogs, man. Yes. We don't got a lot of real dog receivers in this league. You got a couple. You got a few. But that era had a lot of dog receivers. Dion was up against it every week almost. Mm Mm-hmm. Charles Woodson was up against it almost every week. Mm-hmm. And Darrell Reeves. Ah, yeah. God. He yeah. was up against it every week. So, the receiver play is different. Do I believe Jalen Ramsey could hold his own? I do, D. I think you can put Jalen Ramsey in that era with those going against those type of receivers and Behind those corners in that era. 
I'm going to agree with you. I believe Jalen could have played in any era. This was an easy one for me. When you look at Jalen's build, his athleticism, his physicality, his IQ on the football field, it's a reason why they don't throw over there. It's a reason. The last time Jalen got exposed was when he second-guessed a route on Mike Evans, double-moved him, and caught a touchdown in the playoff game. From who? Mike Evans. From who? Who is Tommy. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, other than that, I ain't seen him on a highlight tape. He had a couple in Jacksonville. No, no, no. I'm saying, I ain't... Okay, but he, he ain't been in Jacksonville in, what, three years now? Three years. <laughs> I ain't, ain't seen him. On one. I ain't no. seen him on nobody highlight tape. No, it was his highlights. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> when you possess the athleticism, the IQ, and just the nose to be a football player, Ramsey is a baller. He's what a baller is. And he got a fight, he got grit, and he a dog out there. He one of the nastiest out there. He's slapping his teammates during the game. Because he want to win and be great that bad. So the question, the answer is yes. Could you line up Ramsey against Jerry Rice? Yes. Could you line up Ramsey against Michael Irvin? Yes. Could you line him against Randy Moss? Yes. Will Irvin and Rice and Moss get theirs on Ramsey? Yes. They're great too. But it's going to be a hard one for any wide receiver to line up against him. That's why this matchup is so intriguing with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is different. Yes, he's a rookie in his first year, but when you look at that joker out there, that ain't no rookie. That's another baller. And the nose is for the football. He's physical. He's strong. He's athletic. It's mano y mano out there with Jamar Chase. So if he has an opportunity to go one-on-one against Jalen Ramsey, he ain't going the other way with it. We'll find out. Who is who if them brothers lock up, which I'm pretty sure at several points during the Super Bowl, we'll see number five on number one. And if it was up to me, he would follow him everywhere. But that's not how it goes. You got to play your scheme. Mm -hmm. So the answer is yes. I would love to hear from y'all. If you think no, if anyone's bold enough to sit up here and say no, 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 no. Jalen Ramsey could not have played in any era. Please make yourself known. If it's if it's if it's one conversation people need to have about Jalen Ramsey, I don't think it's about the NFL. I think it's in college. D was he the greatest DB to ever come out of Florida State? That's a conversation. That's a conversation. <laughs> That's something that people would be like, man, it's a lot of great DBs to come out of Florida State. D. If it's a conversation it's worth talking about. Yeah, that's, that's that. That's more. That's more. <laughs> let's talk about that more than if he could play in the era with Dion in the NFL with Dion, yeah, Charles Woodson and those guys. We'll have to revisit that. And some in the in the reason why I said it because I seen that on Twitter. Someone put out there was was Jalen Ramsey the best DB to ever come from out of Florida State. We had some really good ones. We had some really good ones. Kramati, but that's for Kramati was great. We had some good ones. Jalen was obviously great, but Cup Prime. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be short-lived. Cause like you yeah. say, Ramsey is a dog, man. For sure. For sure. He gets the dog stamp up with those other corners that we, we put up there. Yeah. And we'll talk about it.
I'm sure we'll get a chance. But all right, so that's going to wrap up this show, man. Go wrap up the sports desk, all right? So we'll be back on following Monday, dropping an episode, covering the Super Bowl, and then we'll be getting back into basketball mode, okay? Talking NBA and everything around that. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, appreciate all the support and all the love each and every week. The retweets, the likes, sharing the episodes. Really, really appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dedrick Hicks Jr. And on YouTube, you can find me on Dedrick Hicks Jr. Let's chop it up about anything you want to talk about. All right, drop me a line and uh, let's get with it. Uh, yeah, man. Um, y'all can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at BlackNL3, man. Y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it. Appreciate all the love and support that we get from our listeners, man. Y'all keep rocking with us. A lot of big things coming up, man. Absolutely. Y'all be cool. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a great time. Be safe. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Sports Desk. Lunch sports, man. Come on now. The sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. New sports desk.